Hey friends, we're in a series called Psalms and Practices, and maybe you already know this. We're doing two-week cycles with a teaching week where we observe something in the Psalms, that ancient prayer book in the Old Testament, <clears throat> followed by a practice week where our whole gathering is really centered on a practice that allows us to enact the thing that we saw in the Psalms. Well, this most recent week, in case you weren't with us, I just wanted to share with you the practice that we used in our gathering, sort of report back to you what we did and what we learned from it, in case you would like to take this into your own life uh, apart from the gathering. So first of all, before we got to the practices, we revisited what we had seen in the Psalms the week prior, which is that if you read through the book of Psalms, you, you discover that these writers, these people who prayed, these people who thought about their life with God and with one another, they imagined that their bodies were a central part of those practices and prayers. You, you read that they lift their hands in worship and they bow down their, their bodies in worship and their, their flesh is crying out for God, not just their spirits. And so on the, on the back of that observation, we wanted to create a gathering that would honor the body as something that is welcome in our spiritual practice. Uh, we observed, by the way, that sometimes Christian spaces have not been the best places for welcoming and, and cherishing and, and loving the body. But that's tragic because the Christian story is centered on, for example, the way that John says it in John's gospel, on the word made flesh, on God living God's life in a body. That's at the center of the story. So Christian spaces ought to be great for bodies, even though they haven't always been. So anyway, to get ready for these practices, I proposed a couple of questions that we could think about. And the questions were, one, if you think about your past experiences of God, is your body a part of those memories? And two, if you think about your past experiences of love, is your body a part of those memories? And then at the beginning of this past week's gathering, before we got into the practice, I just wanted to check in a little bit and see if anybody had been reflecting on those questions. And I thought I would share with you a little bit of what we heard. So on the question of the experience of God, like one person spoke up and mentioned the Eucharist, which is that sacred meal that churches rally around and, and Christians practice, the bread and the cup that remembers Jesus who, who gave his life, the body and the blood. And it, it underscores the point I was just making, like not only do we have the incarnation at the center of this story, but our sacraments are really bodily, like baptism and Eucharist. In baptism, your body goes under a, a whole volume of water, and in Eucharist, you literally eat, you take into your body bread and cup. And so it was really helpful to have somebody call that out as a place where they have felt like they've been near to God or close with God. It was in this sacred meal that we share. And then in the question about past experiences of love and whether your body's a part of those memories, uh, a number of people mentioned that kids, they tend to be naturally uh, uninhibited in showing love with their bodies. Isn't that right? Like if you've been around young kids, you might have discovered that they just, they're very comfortable showing affection with hugs and, um, and like arms around the back and kind of crawling all over you when they feel safe with you. I, I know for me, uh, when I think about past experiences of love, one of my favorites is a, a trip that I made a little while ago down to Nashville where I have some honorary nieces and nephews who are the kids of some of my best friends. And they call me Uncle Jay and um, they're very special to me and they know that I love them very much. And so one of them, Haven, had a birthday party coming up. And so I, I went down there and she didn't know who was coming, but her parents told her that a surprise friend was coming for the party. And so I got in late at night when Haven was asleep and the next morning she was waiting outside my door to see who was sleeping in the guest room that had come to celebrate her birthday. And when I opened the door, I, I'll never forget, she just kind of got really excited and she goes, oh, I missed you, Uncle Jay. And she ran over and I got down on my knees so I could meet her at eye level. 
And that's one of the best hugs I've had in a very long time. I know that uh, for a lot of us, kids um, have been part of those experiences of love. But in general, um, like good, healthy, appropriate touch, hugs, pats on the back, arms around the shoulders. I mean, these are part of our experience of love. And I think that, again, makes the case for our body as a welcome part of our spiritual practice. So with all that sort of set up, we then moved into a framework of three movements of practice with the body. The first movement with a few practices was meant to help us just be present, to, to be actually present, fully present with our body uh, in our body. That started with some breath awareness where we just did some very long, slow, deep breathing, the kind of breath that enters through the head, but goes down through the chest all the way down to the gut and back. And you can like almost sense your diaphragm doing its work down there. And as we, as a community, began to just breathe slowly and deeply and pay attention to the things that we were feeling as we did that, I observed that, like, for example, the atmosphere around you, though it may seem empty, is very, very full. And it's full of the things that you need, like oxygen. And that with very, very few exceptions, most of us have spent all of our lives in an atmosphere that has what we need in terms of oxygen. And that's not just there by default. It's there because of these processes that have been happening on our planet for billions of years, starting with microbes in the ocean and then the plants on land, that photosynthesis and other processes like that are taking energy from the sun and in a conversion process, they're, they're throwing off oxygen that has filled the atmosphere and has sustained us every minute of every day. So we sat with that thought for a moment as we kept breathing deeply all the way down through the chest, down to the gut and back up. We talked about the fact that with every breath, an exchange happens in the chest, in the lungs, where blood that has been depleted of oxygen and has carbon dioxide gives up its carbon dioxide and we exhale that. That with, that with every exhale, we are giving away, giving back out to the world, everything that is spent and no longer for us. And then with every inhale, we are receiving a fresh dose of life-giving oxygen that goes to every one of the trillions of cells in our bodies. Uh, we also observed as we breathed deeply and became present to our bodies, that in both Hebrew and Greek tradition in the Old and New Testament, that when these writers spoke of what we translate as the spirit of God, as, as spirit, that these writers used words like ruach in the Hebrew and pneuma in the Greek that literally mean breath or wind. Then uh, moving on from breath awareness, we moved to a heartbeat meditation where we used our fingers on our necks or on our wrists to find that actual pulse in our body. And as we kept our finger on that pulse, we thought about how it is the heart that takes advantage and fuels that exchange in the lungs and pushes all of that good oxygen to every part of the body and then brings back all of that spent CO2. And we talked about how the heart is not just of this organ in the chest that keeps us physically alive, but has often in the human imagination been the place where we locate passion, affection, love. We speak of being brokenhearted and full-hearted. We speak of wanting to have a heart-to-heart -heart connection with one another. We speak of getting back to the heart, getting connected to the heart, of living from the heart, as if to say that, that we know that there's something inside us where uh, purpose lives, where a sense of calling lives, where dreams come from. And that even on the days when that pulse feels faint or you're not sure it's there, maybe just like your heart, it has been sustained and propped up by life or energy or something sustaining beyond you that, kept, that keeps you going. 
And even though you don't consciously think about your heartbeat very much and you don't will it to keep beating like a drum, it keeps beating like a drum and it's a gift. We did a full body scan where we started at the feet and very slowly moved our awareness up from those feet that have been carrying us day after day through the legs and the waist and the gut, the back and the chest, through the hands and the arms and the top of your shoulders where all of that tension lives through the neck and to the head. And we relaxed our faces and we just tried to slowly become present to our whole body and pay attention where there is anything to be felt or known or noticed. And then after breathing deeply and sensing our heartbeat and paying attention to the whole body, uh, we had an encouragement to say thank you for these vessels that we live our lives in. And I suspect for some in the room, the, the really potent thing was to say thank you to your body for being your body. And for others, I think the, the moving thing was to say thank you to, to God for sustaining this body. And then at, at the end of, of that sort of threefold movement of presence, we checked into the open floor and uh, I heard a few things. Uh, a number of people mentioned that they have a very complicated relationship with their body. And maybe their body hasn't been performing the way they wish it would lately. And yet, uh, it was really meaningful for them to realize that in spite of that, it's good to say thank you to this body that is serving them. And I think um, some real profound shifts happened in the room as some of us just sort of came back to our body and reconciled to this flesh and blood that we live in every day. Uh, after this movement of presence, we then moved to a bit of expression and we just used some postures. Like we asked everyone in the room, can you find like a closed off self-protective posture? And could you actually use it with your body? And could you find a, like a wide open, trusting, vulnerable posture? And could you get your body into that place for a moment? And, and then is there some external bodily posture that suggests the kind of conflicted, ambivalent thing that we feel in a lot of places, right? So we moved through these three postures. Everybody kind of found their own way to express these things in their bodies. And then in holding each posture, in holding a guarded, closed, protective posture, in holding an open, vulnerable posture and a conflicted, ambivalent one, uh, we simply asked, like, where in your life is this true of your inner disposition? Are there places, experiences, relationships where you feel really guarded and self-protective like you need to be? And it, it's just expression. Just, just use this bodily posture to think about those places. And same goes for open and vulnerable and trusting and conflicted. And we, we also asked, is there any place in particular in your life where you, you don't feel safe, like you, you can be vulnerable, but do you long to be? Maybe, maybe it's actually in your relationship with God where you wish this is where you were right now, but you're not. And we just use the body as a way to express that because it's one thing to become present to your body. It's another thing to use your body to express something true. And then we moved from expression into formation. And, uh, and we did a version of the Lord's Prayer, you know, the one that goes, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, we did a version of that prayer where we used not just our words, but our bodies. And we stood up and we moved through these motions. And uh, it was interesting. I did not expect this, but every gathering, when we did the Lord's Prayer with our bodies, people sort of erupted, like clapping and cheering for this, for this way of praying with the body. And I, I don't entirely know what, what that was. Maybe it was just interesting or different or fun. I think for some of us, we just had been on a real journey of like coming home to our bodies and then expressing something to the point that when it was time to pray that Lord's Prayer, I think we were in a different place and perhaps feeling a little more connected uh, to God or to that prayer 
or to one another. Um, anyway, I just wanted to report back to you what happened. Uh, it was a really good uh, week for us in our gatherings, and it was really sacred to create a safe place for the body to be welcome. And I hope you can find a place for that in your own practice, uh, maybe even this week, to say that your flesh and blood, whether it's working the way you wish it would or it isn't, um, whether, whether you're proud of it or struggling with it, I hope you can find a way to come home to your body this week and to welcome your body into some spiritual practice. And may grace and peace be with you.